Did you know that there's a crucial component of mental, psychological, and social health that is often overlooked? And that gratitude is a mindset that activates your prefrontal cortex and sets the context for your experience such that you can derive tremendous health benefits? If you're like me and have a gratitude journal that sits on your desk, and you might have heard of the many health benefits that being grateful can have on you and your life, but you aren't really sure if your gratitude practice is truly an effective one, then this Brain Fact Friday that we're releasing on Wednesday is for you. Welcome back to the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning Podcast for episode number 181. On the ingredients of an effective gratitude practice. I'm Andrea Samadhi, author and educator from Toronto, Canada, now in Arizona, and like many of you listening, have been fascinated with learning and understanding the science behind high-performance strategies that we can use to improve our own productivity in our schools, our sports, and workplace environments. We can achieve outstanding and predictable outcomes with whatever it is we're working towards when we act intentionally with our brain and mind. For those of us in the United States, we're approaching Thanksgiving this week, where we traditionally think of what we're grateful for. I know our Canadian listeners have had this holiday last month as I watch friends and family celebrate, but I always wonder why is there just one holiday that puts an emphasis on practicing gratitude, especially when there are so many studies that show the clear benefits that gratitude has on our life. You can go see yourself. Go to pubmed.gov and type in the word gratitude and fMRI and you'll see many recent studies that show how gratitude leads to benefits for both mental health and interpersonal relationships. And when you look at the researchers immersed in this work, you'll see university professor and chair in neuroscience Antonio Damasio's name come up often with his contributions to the understanding of brain processes that underlie emotions, feelings, decision-making, and consciousness in addition to his work with gratitude. I'm sure those of you listening to this podcast would know that gratitude is good for your brain. And if you dig deeper into it, you would have discovered that scientifically speaking, regular grateful thinking can increase happiness by as much as 25%, while keeping a gratitude journal for as little as three weeks results in better sleep and more energy. But as I dug deeper into the research behind this episode, I started to see there is much more to creating the benefits of a gratitude practice when you dive into the science of gratitude, like the impressive and respected podcaster, Dr. Andrew Huberman, who covered this topic on his podcast this week. I highly suggest listening to his podcast where I had many aha moments for a thorough look at why gratitude has such a profound impact on our health and well-being. Then I came across a professor of psychology at the University of California who has studied more than 1,000 people from the ages of 8 to 80 and found that people who practice gratitude consistently report a host of benefits that go far beyond helping us to be happier and well-rested. 
Robert Emons, a leader in the positive psychology movement, editor-in-chief of the Journal of Positive Psychology and professor of psychology at the University of California, Davis, is the author of over 200 original publications in peer-reviewed journals and has written eight books, including The Psychology of Gratitude, Thanks, How Practicing Gratitude Can Make You Happier, Gratitude Works, a 21-day program for creating emotional prosperity, and the Little Book of Gratitude. Robert Eamon's research focuses on the psychology of gratitude and how gratitude is related to optimal functioning, improved health, and overall life happiness. His research that began with college students found that those who kept a gratitude journal for three weeks had the following benefits. They had physical benefits, so stronger immune systems, they were less bothered by aches and pains, they had lower blood pressure, they exercised more and took better care of their health, they sleep longer and feel more refreshed upon waking up. They had psychological benefits, like higher levels of positive emotions, they were more alert, alive and awake, they felt more joy and pleasure, and they had more optimism and happiness. Then they had social benefits. They were more helpful, generous, and compassionate, more forgiving, outgoing, and they felt less lonely and isolated. But does a gratitude journal or list really work? I've had a gratitude journal on my desk since October 5th of 2008, and this journal is hard-covered with an introduction to gratitude by Jack Canfield. I remember joining a training class that Jack was teaching, and he used this practice as a part of creating a positive future by keeping your mind focused on what you were grateful for with this journal. So I bought one, and I've used it since then, not daily, but often enough that I can open it up and get a pretty good idea of what made me happy at a certain time in my life. I remember when I first started this practice, I was working for a corporation that was going through some difficult times, and I was always looking for new ideas to infuse happiness and optimism into our work life. So I shared the ideas with the importance of looking at the positive side of things with my teammates and writing out everything we're grateful for on a daily basis, since I knew there were benefits to doing this. Then fast forward to 2014, when I first began learning about the brain and wrote the book Level Up, if you attended one of my presentations, you would have received a notepad where you could write your daily gratitude list when you sat down to hear my presentation. So what's wrong with a gratitude journal or list? I didn't know there was anything wrong with this method until this week when I listened to Dr. Andrew Huberman's podcast on gratitude. Dr. Huberman did mention that some researchers like Kelly McGonigal have done some incredible work with students around this topic. And if I think about it, I covered on episode 109 on the reticular activating system that explains why writing out what we're grateful for is not too far off the mark when we understand that there's a part of our brain, our reticular activating system, which is a filter that helps you to focus on what's important to you. When we write our list of what's important to us, or if we're writing out things that inspire us, this practice will keep our mind away from thinking about the negatives in our life or defensive brain circuits, helping us to lean more towards a more positive way of thinking. But what was I missing? What did I not understand until I wrote this episode about creating an effective gratitude practice? 
Dr. Uberman's podcast explain the missing link of what I've been doing wrong the past 13 years with my gratitude practice with ideas for improvement. If you want the deep dive explanation, I highly recommend listening to his most recent episode on gratitude. But here's what I learned. Did you know that we have pro-social circuits in our brain that are designed to bring us closer to ourselves? others and things like our pets and certain foods or anything that we want to be closer to and want more of. They actually reduce defensive circuits that involve areas of the brain and body associated with freezing or backing up when these pro-social circuits are activated. Dr. Huberman went on to explain the positive psychology movement where Robert Eamon's research comes in and that there are parallel universes like happiness and unhappiness where positive psychology urges us towards practices that tap into our neural circuits for happiness away from sadness. I think of the speaker I worked with in the late 90s, Bob Proctor, who was always pointing us towards the possibility thinking to find solutions to problems and away from the negative thinking of lack and limitation. This is much like what Dr. Huberman was saying exists with neuroscience, as our brain also has these parallel circuits the pro-social circuit that brings us closer to others, and the defensive circuit that backs us away and is designed to keep us safe. What's important for us to all know is that gratitude is an important tool that leans us towards these pro-social circuits and all the benefits associated with them so that they become dominant in our mindset and with regular practice will default towards this way of thinking. This is when the true power of a gratitude practice comes into play. When you're faced with a challenge in your life, where would you prefer to go with your default reaction to a challenge? To the defensive circuits that our brain has wired to keep us safe, where we freeze and back away from the challenge, or to the pro-social circuit where we look for solutions to our problem that bring some sort of understanding allowing us to move closer to others and therefore experience the mental, psychological, and social health benefits. I'm sure you'll agree with me with the choice to take the pro-social circuit for learning, growth, and the health benefits any day over the defensive circuit. It was actually Antonio Damasio, who we mentioned earlier, who discovered that these pro-social and gratitude circuits are activated when we feel resonance with another. This can be explained with an understanding of theory of mind that we covered on episode 46, where we're able to experience the mind of another, knowing how another person feels. And Damasio found strong links in the prefrontal cortex with theory of mind that will lift our gratitude and pro-social circuits. So how do we build a gratitude practice with your brain in mind? The way I learned my gratitude practice from Jack Canfield in 2008 was missing some key ingredients. And this is precisely why I host this podcast. These episodes are not just for you, the listener, but I'm learning and growing as well. If I hadn't chosen this topic this week and tuned into Dr. Huberman's podcast, I would have moved into another year of practicing gratitude without my brain in mind. I would never have known that the old way is not particularly effective in shifting your neural circuitry, neurochemistry, or the circuits in your body towards enhanced activation of your prefrontal cortex or enhanced activation of these pro-social circuits, and I would have been missing out on the myriad of health benefits. 
So what's a better way to practice gratitude? Think of how gratitude activates your prefrontal cortex and sets the context for your experience so that you can gain access to those health benefits that Robert Eamons discovered with his research. Dr. Andrew Huberman affirmed that a gratitude practice is not wishy-washy and that the neurochemical, anti-inflammatory, and the neural circuit mechanisms that gratitude evokes are equally as important as potent forms of intervention like HIIT training, high-intensity interval training, and can steer your mental and physical health in positive directions, and that those effects are very long-lasting. The most effective way to do this and shift your pro-social circuits towards these health benefits is when you're able to put yourself into the mindset of another. Using theory of mind or the ability to attribute or understand the experience of another without actually experiencing it is one way to do this by giving gratitude to another. But we can't just sit around and wait for others to tell us how grateful they are for us. So Dr. Huberman suggests a way that we can recreate this experience. This shift will take some thought on your part as you shift away from the old way, writing everything that made your day and you're so thankful for it, to now thinking about how someone else's story made their day and impacted you. It's a distinct shift and will take some practice. But here's how you do it. To fully activate these gratitude circuits, one must be able to put themselves in the mindset of another person who is receiving gratitude, not just write out what you're randomly grateful for. Step one, think of a meaningful story that inspires you that you're going to repeat over and over again. Think of a story that's powerful to you or inspired you in some way where a person overcame a struggle. The person receives genuine gratitude for the work they did in the process. This could be you or someone else who has received gratitude for overcoming a struggle or a challenge. Step two, activate your gratitude and pro-social circuits as you jot down some notes. These notes will go along with your story. As you're doing this activity, it's just one to three minutes a day Think about how you're activating the pro-social circuits in your brain that will tip you towards physical, psychological, and social well-being. Think of the struggle, what help was received, and the impact that overcoming the struggle has had on you. I took one of my old gratitude notepads and wrote these tips at the top of the page. I wrote struggle, help, and impact. Then I picked a story that moved me that I'll repeat as I build my gratitude practice with my brain in mind. Step three, think about how this story of struggle impacted you emotionally. Using theory of mind, feeling resonance, empathy, or even sympathy with the person. Think how the person who experienced the struggle felt as they overcame their challenges. How did this make you feel? Imagine your gratitude circuits lighting up in your prefrontal cortex as you're doing this. Step four, repeat the same story again for one to three minutes a day, three times a week, and with each time you activate your neural circuits, it will become easier each time and won't require as much effort. Essentially, you're training your brain to look for the lessons learned from overcoming struggle and the impact that this had on you emotionally. Did it inspire you to work harder? Keep going. Try something new. What did you learn from watching someone else overcome their struggle? Step five, be consistent with your gratitude practice. 
During my interview with Sun Sachs, the CEO of Rewire Fitness, he talked about the fact that the brain training component of the app that he invented only needed three times a week to generate the benefits. Keep your gratitude story notes somewhere where you can quickly glance at them, either on a notepad on your desk or on your phone, and look at them three times a week. That's all that's needed. To review this week's Brain Fact Friday that we're releasing on Wednesday due to the holiday, did you know that there's a crucial component of mental, psychological, and social health that is often overlooked? Even with a gratitude journal on my desk for the past 13 years, I know that gratitude is a practice that could be improved, but until this week, I didn't know exactly how to refine my gratitude practice. I'm only on day two of looking at my gratitude story notes and know it will become easier with time and practice, and I'm truly grateful to have learned this new way of practicing gratitude from Dr. Huberman, and I hope that you'll find it useful as well. For those celebrating Thanksgiving this week in the U.S., See if you can put this new gratitude activity into practice and tell a story over the holidays using the struggle, help, impact model and activate those pro-social circuits with those around you. Then my challenge to you is to continue this practice and make it a habit so that you not only recognize the lessons learned from those who overcome struggle and adversity, but that you let others know when they've inspired you with their story, lighting up their brain and providing them with the health benefits that research shows are possible when we offer genuine gratitude to others. Happy Thanksgiving for those in the U.S. and for everyone tuning in. I'm grateful that you've taken the time to join me. See you next week. If you're enjoying the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning podcast, please don't forget to subscribe so you'll stay up to date with our new episodes. While you're there, please feel free to give us a review or a five-star rating as it helps others find us. For more information on our programs, books, and tools for schools and the workplace, visit us at www.achieveit360.com. 